Now that is reality right there. Amen. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, it is Father's Day. And can we just one more time appreciate and honor our fathers that are here? I'm sure Catholic will mention this, but our father and my father-in-law, her father, Paul, is here, and he was just a couple of days ago in the hospital. So thank you, God, that he is here today and is feeling so much better and uh, is here to enjoy this. But uh, Kathy agreed to bring you the word today, give me the day off on Father's Day. So will you welcome my wife, my wonderful wife, beautiful wife, Kathy, she brings the word. I hope he means that and doesn't just feel like he has to say such good things. But um, no, I know he does. What I want to say to you all is thank you. I want you all to know um, publicly today, I want to tell you how much I appreciate this church and how you all have embraced my family. Um, It has made this transition much easier. I think I may have said that once before, but the longer I'm with you all, the more I love you. And I'm so thankful for each and every one of you and so glad that you all are here with us today. Um, It is Father's Day, so happy Father's Day. And I know that it is not normal for the pastor's wife to speak on Father's Day. And to be honest, Alan had actually asked me to do Mother's Day, and I had agreed to do that back in, like, February or something and had kind of prepared for that. But as most of you know, um, I lost my mom about six weeks before Mother's Day. And the closer we got to that, the, the more I wasn't sure I could do it the more I wasn't sure that I could stand before you all and tell you about my wonderful, awesome, amazing mom without losing it in front of you. And it's a happy, happy day. And so we needed a happy, happy day. But today, I'm here. And what I I, I realize is, you know what? Mothers shouldn't have to speak on Mother's Day. They should have a day off, right? Just like fathers shouldn't have to speak on Father's Day. They should get a day off. So I'm excited to be here. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to... Um, hopefully allow him to relax a little bit. I'm sure that's really more difficult because I'm going to be honest. Every Sunday I sit there, I don't relax, you know. It's kind of like we feel each other. I'm sort of feeling that, that nervous energy, you know, when he's wanting to present to you what God has given him. And I'm sure he feels a little bit of the same way. <clears throat> but I am happy to be here today, and I'm honored to be here to be in front of you. It is Father's Day. It's a day that we honor the men in our lives that give so much to others Um, those that sacrifice in one way or another to better those they influence. I know the men in my life, the fathers in my life, certainly make many sacrifices, and I'm very thankful for that. Um, Those they influence may be biological children or adopted children. It could be spiritual children. But today my, my hope is that you will be able to sit back and enjoy and that you will feel honored as we do, or I do the best that I can to honor you. I looked up the word honor in dictionary because that's what speakers do, right? And I wasn't surprised by what I found. It said that honor is to regard with great respect or to esteem. And that makes sense. The opposite of honor is to dishonor. And dishonor means to treat, and this is what kind of caught me, was it says to to treat as common. Um, I, I hope I don't treat the fathers of my life as common. And what really hurt my heart was that common means ordinary, plain, not in any way special, easily found, and get this, this is awful, easily discarded. Um, 
I would never want to easily discard any of you fathers out there. So honor is something that you give. It can't be taken. And that's an important statement because I could choose to honor or give respect to anyone. It is a choice. And so today, I hope you make that choice to honor the fathers in your life. Romans 12.10 says we should love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. This tells me that honoring someone should be joyful. So today I would say make a choice. Let it be joyful to honor the fathers in your life. Let it be a special day. Make it different than any other. Now clearly I don't have a father's heart because I'm not a father. So I can't speak for fathers out there. Um, But what I can do is describe what a father is as I've seen it in my life. As I've seen it as a daughter, as a wife, and as a mother. Um, Alan and my dad and my father-in-law have all impacted me in some way. It's interesting to me that they all have some of the same characteristics. And those characteristics are what I want to tell you about. These men have influenced me and they color my perception of what a father should be. So that's what I'm going to talk to you about today are those characteristics. And first and most importantly in my mind, a father must have faith. I'm amazed every day at how very blessed for lack of a better word, because Alan has totally messed up that word blessed for me. Um, but I'm, I, I'm amazed and blessed. Um, how, I'm very amazed at how blessed I am to have a father of faith. He is with me today, and I'm so excited he's here. But my father's faith shaped me. Um, his adamant rule that church was non-negotiable was etched into my soul and is part of my DNA. My dad isn't perfect, but... He was perfectly chosen for me. God knew that I would need a father that spoke of Jesus often, that taught us to pray before every meal, and that when things weren't going our way, would tell us to pray and not necessarily fix the problem. Now, Alan is a dad of faith as well, and I believe his faith is impacting lives for generations. My girls watch their dad closely. They know that our Father in heaven is the answer because Alan has made him the answer. My father-in-law is a man of wisdom, which I believe comes from faith. Um, He has modeled the scripture from Proverbs 17, 27. The one who knows much says little. An understanding person remains calm. My father-in-law, in in the 20 years that we've been married, I've seen get twisted, maybe never. (laughs) Maybe once I've seen him a little emotionally elevated, but he's very calm. And he doesn't speak a lot, but when he does, we're all listening because we know that what he has to say is going to be extremely wise. Did you know that a study that was published in the year 2000 revealed that a father has the greatest impact on their child's faith? Um, What the father models, the child is likely to follow. Now, there's a poem titled Footsteps by an unknown author that paints a perfect picture of the impact fathers have on their children. And it says this, walk a little slower, daddy said a child so small. I'm following in your footsteps, and I don't want to fall. Sometimes your steps are very fast. Sometimes they're hard to see. So walk a little slower, Daddy, for you are leading me. Someday, when I'm all grown up, you're what I want to be. Then I will have a little child who will want to follow me. And I would want to lead just right and know that I was true. So walk a little slower, Daddy, for I must follow you. Well, thank you. 
The fathers in my life wear the armor of God. In battle, whether physical or spiritual, a father that wears the armor of God will be victorious. Ephesians 6, 13 through 17 and verse 18 says, Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Let's not forget the next verse. Verse 18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Probably don't need to say more, but for good measure, Daddy's prayer changes everything. The fathers in my life are trustworthy. A father's speech and actions must line up. If your words say one thing, but your life shows another, you are not trustworthy. I always knew that if my dad said it, it was true. I trusted that he was always honest with me, and I've never discovered otherwise. This left a lasting impression on me. I learned early on how important the truth is. That doesn't mean I was always truthful as a youth, but it does mean that I could completely trust that what my dad said was true. Now, it's hard to keep secrets from our kiddos because Alan has, is not capable of lying, you know, about anything except maybe ordering kids' meals. Anyway, part of the reason we wait to Christmas shop last minute is because of his inability to lie to the girls. Um, if the girls were to ask a question about a gift, he has to give them a truthful answer. Now, I, on the other hand, don't struggle with that quite so much. I like keeping secrets a secret. Matter of fact, I tend to elevate the lie. It's more like, no, we didn't get you that. We got you, da 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 Anyway. <clears throat> Pray for me. The fathers in my life are heroes. How many times has my father come to my rescue? Oh, too many to count. How many times have they opened a jar, right, fixed a car, come and got me from a broken down car? Um, And here's the biggie. And this is the reason I got married. Kill a spider or a bug. I say that all the time. You know, if you're not going to kill a spider, why are you here? Right? But I remember um, when I was a young girl, my sister and I, and my sister's here with me too, she was younger than me, but we were playing on a playground while my dad was coaching football. Okay, he coached Little League, Little League football. And let me just put this as a little side note, but anyone who coaches Little League sports, y'all are awesome. I mean, that's hero right there, right? <clears throat> but he was coaching Little League football, and my sister and I were playing on a playground, And she fell on one of the big metal bolts, but it had a rough edge around it. And when she fell on it, it cut her very deeply. And it scared me quite bad. But I picked her up, and I took off running, and I started yelling, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. I was yelling really loud. But we were a distance away. And what I remember very vividly is I don't know if he heard me. I don't know if he saw us running. Y'all can ask him later. I don't know. But what I remember in my mind seeing is him looking up from what he was doing and seeing me running And he immediately started running toward us. And at the same time, he's yelling at my mom to get the car. But as he's running toward us, um, he, of course, scoops up my sister and we get in the car. 
and he's speeding through town, and he gets pulled over, and cop looks in the window, and he's like, oh, follow me, and uh, gets in the car and then escorts us up. But talk about hero that day, right? A very scary moment, but he was certainly our hero. Um, when Al and I were younger, newly married, not too newly married, but somewhat newly married, we made very little money, okay? But I remember after Sarah was born, I longed, I so desperately wanted to be at home with our girls. And I remember saying in one of my arguments one night was that we would never starve or be without a roof over our heads because my dad would not allow it. The truth is, neither sets of parents would have allowed that. <clears throat> but the dads in my life, they are heroes, the fathers in my life are educators. Education comes in many different, different forms, but let me say this. My dad made me believe that formal education is the ticket to anywhere you want to go. Just this week, I know Alan sort of told a little bit about this, but dad had a little incident. He was coming home from Dallas. He'd gone to visit some friends, and he had a little incident in the airport where he passed out and scared a mother and some children quite terribly. Um, but he convinced these EMT, even though he'd been out for some time, to let him get on that plane and come home, and he did. But we went straight to the doctor the very next day to find out why that happened. And while we're sitting there, they came back in after running some tests and said, oh, we're getting you a pacemaker right now. Like, we've got you a bed ready. So pretty serious, but we're very thankful, Dad, that you're better and that you're here today. But while he was in the hospital room, this, his doctor would come in, and of course he came in at one point, and a young lady was with him, and she was, you could tell she was young, she was 18 or 19, and dad asked her if she was a student, and um, she said that she sort of was, but she was shadowing Dr. Cox, trying to decide if she wanted to go to school for a very long time to do what he did, and Dad told her that education, these were his words, are very valuable and that she should certainly get as much of it as she can. He used to tell me over and over, if you can read, write, and speak, you can do anything you want to do. He valued good grades, hard work, and always encouraged higher education. I've watched as Alan has done the same for our girls. They all know that we expect them to go to college. Um, you should have heard the conversation that I Ashley said she wanted to do the world race before college. It was not a, there was some weeping, gnashing of teeth, yeah. <clears throat> she went to college first. <laughs> now, don't misunderstand me today. College is not for everyone, and there are other forms of education besides formal education. For example, our Rachel loves soccer. Um, she's mentioned that she would love to be in a, on the Olympic soccer team, and whose mama wouldn't want their baby to be on the Olympic soccer team, right? We think that's the coolest thing. Now, here's the trouble. The trouble is we're not sure she's really that committed to do that, um, and we would never push her to do something that she wasn't fully committed to. But my point is that if she wants to go that far and play at that level, she needs to be educated in the game on every front, and Alan is working very hard to make sure she gets the education she needs to live that dream if she chooses to. So the fathers in my life, they're definitely all about education. But the most important kind of education is the kind that is eternal. The Word of God is taught through application by verbalization and modeling. The fathers in my life quote scripture and live it out in front of me and my children. I watch as they love their neighbor by giving of their time and resources, and they love their neighbor 
by not judging and choosing their words carefully. Alan is really good at this. Our girls have had a few boys that are friends. Wink, wink. He never judges them. He never says anything ugly about them. A few of these boys have not been exactly what we would want for our daughters. And instead of saying that, he just plants little seeds of truth about these boys that don't really line up with the values that that we've taught them. And within a few days, it's amazing, but they're gone. (laughs) And we have one that we keep holding on to, but we love him. (laughs) So the fathers in my life are educators. I hope yours are too. The fathers in my life are reliable. I know that if I call my dad with a need, he does everything he can to meet that need. I know that if he says he'll be somewhere, he's going to be there. I also know that if he's proud of me, he tells me, and if he's disappointed in me, he tells me. In high school, I made some not-so-good choices, right? So one particular time on a cheerleading competition, myself and some of my cheerleader friends decided it would be fun to hang out with some football players that happened to be staying in the hotel as well. Now, y'all need to know, we didn't know these football players. They were from across the state. They were there to play in a championship football team. We didn't have a clue who these people were, but we allowed these teenage boys to come into our room after our parents and our cheer coach went to bed. Can I just tell you all that um, cheerleaders, I mean teenagers and some cheerleaders, but teenagers lack wisdom. That's why you need mamas and daddies. Anyway, we were just doing tumbling and stunts in that hotel room. We were being very loud. I mean, it's not like we were really trying to keep it all a secret as loud as we were being. But surprise, surprise, we get caught, right? Our cheer coach comes to the door. She knocks on the door, and we're all like, I think somebody even jumped in the shower to hide, which is so stupid. But anyway, we get caught. She sends the boys out of the room, and she decides that um, we just need to go to bed, and we'll discuss this further tomorrow. So we do. The next day we get up, we get ready to go to this cheer competition, and there's peace, like nothing's been said. We get to the cheer competition, and we compete, And we get disqualified for an illegal stunt that we didn't know was illegal. But there's peace. Nothing is said. After we compete, there's a little bit of peace until we start loading up. The peace dissipated. I watched as one of my friends was getting in the car. Her mother was giving her the what for, for sure. And I knew that we were all in some trouble. (laughs) So we get in the car and we drive home three hours and not a word. My parents don't say a thing until we pull in the driveway. And then I think they both turned to to me and they just said, you know, you're in some trouble, right? And I just looked at them. And I remember my dad saying, you may not get to cheer next year. And that was enough. That's really all I needed. But they said, go on and go to your room. We're going to think about your punishment. And here's the deal. They were full of grace and love. I knew that my dad was disappointed. I knew there would be consequences, and I knew that I could rely on him to love me even in my mess. My dad is reliable. The fathers in my life have always been reliable. The fathers in my life have faith, wear armor, are trustworthy, are heroes, are educators, and are reliable. Do you see what I did there? (laughs) 
Now, not everyone in this room has fathers in their life like mine. Some may feel fatherless today. But I want you to know that you are actually fatherful. The Word of God is clear that he is our Father in heaven. James 1.17 says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Now that alone could get somebody to shout me. Matthew 6.32, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? And then Luke 11.13, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? These are just a few scriptures that reference God as our heavenly Father, but they all tell me that he loves us and cares for us deeply and that he will provide for us. Today, we can honor the fathers in our lives by honoring our Father in heaven. And we honor him who gives us every breath when we follow his, in his footsteps by imitating him. We honor and imitate him when we choose to forgive because he forgave. We honor and imitate him when we are faithful because our Father in heaven is faithful. Even when we don't give our dads any choice but to give up, our heavenly Father never does. He is always faithful. We honor our Father and imitate him when we accept that he is God and he is in control. When we choose to accept our calling to live a life pleasing to him who created us. When we accept that where we are and what we have been entrusted to care for is where he has placed us and what he has given us. And when we accept that he has fully equipped us to successfully be who he created us to be. We honor our Father and imitate Him when we trust Him for all things. We honor Him when we don't try to fix stuff on our own. When we seek Him for answers, here's the ticket, when we wait patiently on Him to show us the way. We honor our Father and imitate Him when we make Him our hero. When we recognize and credit the miracles in our lives. When we affirm that it is only by the grace of God that we are alive, that is when we honor Him. We honor our Father and imitate Him when we make educating ourselves in the ways of Christ a priority, when we purpose in our heart to spend time with Him daily, when we determine that we will read His Word and trust it to become active in our lives, when we allow His Word to teach us and instruct us in the ways of the wise, and when we live out what we have been taught. We honor our Father and imitate Him when we understand that He is royal. He is King of kings, and because of his royalty, we are royalty. 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. We have rights and privileges that those without Jesus don't have. We have the authority in his name to lay hands on the sick and to see them recover. We could command deliverance and see that deliverance take place. We are children of the King, and that means that because of Him and His sacrifice, we are made whole, and we walk on this earth as His children. So we will honor our Father in heaven by imitating Him as we forgive, remain faithful, accept that He is God, trust Him to meet our every need, affirm that He is our hero, allow Him to educate us through His Word, and always remember, that as he is royal, we are royal. Did you see what I did there? <clears throat> Daddies, listen. 
Y'all are awesome. I'm thankful for every single one of you. Your impact on your family is greater than any other. I treasure you today, and I pray that you understand your value and worth. But listen, there's no greater Father than our Father in heaven. He is to be honored every single day with our lives. And dads, when you show us the way, we won't go astray. The Bible says that if you train up a child in the way they should go, when they are old, they won't depart from it. Now, I know that many adult children have turned their back on your faith. But hear me today. I claim this as a promise from heaven, one we can bank on. And because my father is trustworthy, what he says is true. So don't give up on that wayward child. Don't stop praying and asking with expectation. Don't stop reminding your father in heaven of his promise. And listen, don't stop chasing after your children. Love them as our Father has loved us. So for all of you daddies out there that are doing your very best to imitate Christ, for all of you that are your child's hero, and those that realize how very important your role is, I commend you. Keep it up. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you've been called and, listen, equipped to do. But for those of you that have never experienced that kind of earthly father, I pray you'll see past your experience and recognize that your heavenly Father loves you with an undying and an indescribable love. I want to bless you today. Let's all stand. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you, and then Alan is going to take over for you. Let's pray. Father God, you are great and mighty. You are awesome, Lord, and I'm so very thankful today that in spite of our experiences, Lord God, that you are so good. You are a good, good Father. Lord, today I do pray a prayer of blessing over this congregation. I ask you, Lord, to touch every daddy in this room today. I pray, Lord, for their protection, that there'll be a hedge about them, Father. I pray for opportunities, Lord God, to show the, those that they influence the way. Lord, I pray you'll wrap your holy arms around each and every one of them today, and that you'll remind them of how very special they are and of the special assignment that you've placed on them. Lord, I pray that they will recognize and see their place in their family and that you will help them, Lord, to lead well. Lord, I love you today, and I pray that you'll bless, be with each and every one, Lord God, and go with us, go before us, and be with us in everything that we do, Lord, in Jesus' name.